morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in your day, thank you for spending this time with me. Welcome to Detour Insights, where together we'll embark on a journey of self-discovery and growth. I'm your host, Angie Childers. Let's get going. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. And that is the first line from one of my favorite songs, The Sound of Silence. Good morning. And I hope this morning finds you warm, as warm as you can be in the in the weather if you're on this side of the country. And speaking of this side of the country, I am excited. Um, my son and his wife, that they live in California, um, are actually on this side of the country for a couple weeks. And they we are going to be celebrating our holiday and Christmas together next week and some other exciting family things that we're going to get to do together. They are visiting with her family this week and about this time next week they should be here with us. And so I'm very excited for that. That's something really exciting that we've got going on with us. And I'm sure a lot of you have already kind of put away your Christmas things. I'm actually staring at my Christmas tree and my Christmas town still while I'm even doing this episode. Um, That is something we chose to do to leave up our Christmas stuff um, so that we can really still feel the Christmas spirit while they're here next week. So today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about darkness. And I started out this episode with uh, the beginning lines of one of my favorite songs. And, you know, it's it's a, a weird concept, I guess, to think about sometimes, finding um, finding peace in my darkness, but I, I do sometimes. And I just wanted to kind of think on what is it we can get out of that place? So think about how much of your life is spent in darkness. And I don't necessarily mean physical darkness, although a lot of people I know do spend a lot of their time in physical darkness due to job schedules and such. I know a lot of people that work second and third shift jobs. But how much of your life is spent in mental, emotional, or even spiritual darkness? So first, let me see if I can define what that looks like um, in in your practical day-to-day life so that it's easier for you to recognize those places. And of course, I could spend a lot of time defining those places of darkness in our lives, um, and I'm only going to mention a couple here, but I think it'll give you an idea so that you can start to recognize those places, even if it's not a specific place I mention. But Darkness can be feeling alone. Darkness can be feeling nothing, feeling numb. Darkness can be when you're just in that state of mental paralysis. Darkness can be when you don't know what your spiritual path is supposed to be anymore. Darkness can be when you're feeling distant from your faith. It can be when you find yourself in a situation that you just don't know how to get out of and it's draining you. It can simply 
be feeling unhappy with your choices and just not quite sure what your options are, or if you know what your options are, but they are feeling too overwhelming to take on. Darkness is any time in our life when we are not what society has told us we should be feeling, which are things like joy, happiness, contentment, excitement. Happiness is when we are in a state of feeling anything that society has deemed negative and something we should be finding our way out of. So anytime that we are in that darkness and it becomes it starts to become about how how to get out of that darkness. I mean, for Pete's sakes, I'm a life coach and spend my time every day helping others to figure out ways of getting out of their darkness, of finding that light again and finding that happiness, finding that joy, the excitement, the passion. And I mean, I'm trying to make a living on helping people get out of their darkness. But here's the deal. Sometimes I don't think it should be about getting out of our darkness. I think that it's important that before we start looking for a way out, we should first take the time to make friends with our darkness. And there's a couple reasons for this. One, as I pointed out in the beginning of this conversation, that whether we like it or not, a lot of our lives will be spent in darkness. So we might as well make friends with it. And second, darkness has so much to teach us. And I don't want to miss out on those lessons. And I definitely don't want my clients to miss out on those lessons. As a life coach, a lot of times my first initial reaction in a conversation with a client who I can visibly see is struggling with their darkness. And I just want to immediately flip the light on for them. For people that know me personally, you know that I'm an emotional person. And I become emotionally invested in my clients. And typically, it only takes about one session with me for you to figure that out. I want so badly to make life okay for you. But I'm learning that I would be doing you a disservice if I just flipped on the light. And I love you enough to help you learn how to make friends with your darkness. And I love you enough to help you learn whatever lessons your darkness is trying to teach you. And I love you enough to not let you do it alone. I have clients who come to me after they've actually already learned all they can from their darkness, and they are at the point of needing to move forward. But I also have clients that come to me in their darkness. Maybe it's in the early stages. Maybe they've spent time avoiding their darkness. Maybe they've been in their darkness for a long time, but they haven't taken the time to learn from their darkness. And they haven't begun to make friends with their darkness. So as much as I want to flip on the light, and as much as they probably want me to flip on the light for them, I instead decide to sit with them and help them make friends with their darkness. 
And you know what I'm finding out? That when I first start getting clients that, I mean, it's such it's such a contradictory thing. Okay, so my mind is a life coach. I want to flip on that light for them. And I want to start helping them navigate their way out of that darkness. I want to see them feeling better. They've been in their darkness for a while. And if they haven't taken the time to learn from it, and they're just tired of their darkness, and they just want me to flip on the light and help them start navigating their way out. But when I take the time to tell them that instead, we're going to take some time to learn from this darkness, when I give them permission to know that it's okay where you are, you are safe. I know it's dark, but you are safe. And you have so much that you can learn from this place. So let's take the time together to learn. Because what you can learn from this place is going to be so valuable on the other side. I have found that when maybe, maybe I'm the first person that's told them that darkness can be a friend. And I've found that I see their facial expression change from desperation of just wanting to be anywhere but where they are to a feeling of safety, to a feeling of, wow, wait a minute, it's okay to be in this place? I'm not supposed to be constantly finding a way out? I can just relax with my darkness and listen to what it's telling me? We've become so conditioned that we're not supposed to feel these things, that if you are in a dark place, it's just about trying to find a way to get out of it, how to feel better. We have got to slow down and sit with our darkness. I want to tell you about a time in my life when I had to become friends with my darkness. So this was, well, I guess... What led up to this, I could go all the way back into my childhood, but I was probably in about my mid-30s, and my relationship with my mother has always been a difficult one, and becoming an adult, it was getting harder to navigate that, and it kind of spilled over even into my relationship with my dad. And so my relationship with my parents into my adulthood was becoming more and more difficult. And I found myself feeling not good enough. I found myself not understanding what was wrong with me, not understanding why I could never seem to be good enough for them, why I felt like I had to try so hard with them. And I was actually going to therapy over these issues and working through some things, and I went to my therapist wanting her to get me out of my darkness, wanting her to help me find 
a way to have this relationship with my parents that I had always envisioned. This positive, healthy, happy relationship with my parents that other people around me seem to have with their parents as adults, but I couldn't seem to create that. And through several sessions and even a a session where my mother participated in a somewhat mediated conversation, my therapist had to help me come to a place to accept what felt dark to me. And I had to go home and I had to sit with my darkness and I had to figure out what it was trying to tell me. And I had to even mourn the loss of what I envisioned and what I wanted my relationship to be with my parents in order to accept the reality of what it was. All this time, I had been fighting so hard against my reality because I had this vision of what I wanted, and it felt like it was too painful to let go of that. I mean, you only get one set of parents, and I had to figure out how to get that relationship the way I wanted it, and it just wasn't happening. And when I was able to embrace my reality, embrace my darkness, I began to learn that I was good enough, but that anybody else's inability to see my value did not decrease my value. When I began to listen to what my darkness was trying to tell me, I began to realize how strong I was. And I began to realize that the void I was trying to feel the pride that I was seeking from them, I could give to myself. And I realized a few things. For most of my life up until that point, I had been willing to deny part of who I was in order to try to fit better into a mold that I thought would be accepting to them. And I was becoming so unhappy with who I was and feeling more and more just trapped and felt for a long time that what other choice did I have? Because The options of standing up for myself, the options of setting healthy boundaries with them, these were my parents. I could lose them. What if 
what if standing up for myself makes them angry and, and then I lose them completely? What if setting healthy boundaries causes them to just not come around anymore? I only get one set of parents. I was terrified of how alone I would feel. And I'm not going to lie. When I, I remember the day that I finally decided to make friends with my darkness. And I did feel so alone. As an adult, I had a husband, I had children, I had a ton of friends, and my parents were still there, but I felt so alone, and I wanted anything but to feel that. But I knew that if I wanted to find a better way, I had to sit with it. I had to learn from it. And I also learned how to start taking ownership for my own life. I could no longer blame my parents for who I was as an adult. Let me just say, my parents were good parents in the way of there was no abuse, there was no neglect, things like that. But my parents had their own emotional issues. And in that generation, I think a lot of them were not ever taught healthy ways of dealing with them. So my parents did the best they knew how to do with the tools they had at the time, the emotional, mental tools that they had. And unfortunately, it left me feeling a certain way. But I was an adult now. And it was time for me to sit with it, to learn from it, and to start taking ownership. I had truly avoided all the way up into my 30s sitting with that darkness. And like I said, I can remember the day that my therapist gave me permission to feel safe in my darkness. I remember I started my therapy with her just wanting her to fix it. Wanting her to help me accomplish creating the relationship I wanted with my parents. But that wasn't her job. Her job was to help get me to that place of being able to accept my reality. And I went home the day that she gave me permission to do that. And I was so angry and so alone. And I remember just wailing, I mean, wailing, crying, and yelling out loud. Thankfully, I was the only one home that day. 
I think the kids were probably in school. Todd was probably off at work. I don't know. And I just let it all out. I just sat with my darkness, however ugly it was, and it was ugly. And I just let it all out. That was 30-something years of pushing down my emotions, of holding back in order to keep the peace, not stir the pot that was just coming out. And what I learned in that moment, or maybe not necessarily in that moment, but in the days after, is that I could sit with my darkness, I could feel all those things that I was so terrified to let myself feel, and I could be okay, and I could survive it. And I guess if you take away anything from today's episode, I guess I wanted it to be, I see so many clients that are afraid of what sitting with their darkness would mean. Like I said, they just they just are ready to flip on the light. But I guess I want to encourage you that sitting with your darkness can be ugly. It can be hard. It can be one of the hardest things you ever have to do. I promise you, it's okay. And I promise you, you can do this. You deserve what your darkness is trying to teach you. And I realize how that sounds when I said it. Your darkness is trying to teach you how strong you are. And it's trying to teach you things about yourself that you deserve to know. You are valuable. You are strong, and you can do this. But I also want to remind you that if you are looking for someone to help create that safe space for you, to feel the good, the bad, the ugly, if you're just looking for someone to sit with you in your darkness, And to help you navigate that, I'll be right here.